Oh, mothlings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our lot. You're listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I'm your host, Wednesday, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is your co-ghost, the Mothman, Molly Von Mothra. Hi, guys. All right, guys. This is our last Halloween episode. I cannot believe how quickly this month has went by. It's almost Halloween. It's almost Halloween, the best day of the year. (laughs) The most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. So for this last Halloween episode, you're getting another movie review like we talked about just a couple days ago. And we're going to be talking about the sequel to Hocus Pocus. Before we get into that, I just had a couple of little things I wanted to briefly mention. By the time this episode is coming out, this would have been like close to two weeks ago. But I did get to do um, our local Pikeville Pride event this year and it was a lot of fun and I just want to shout out any new listeners that we may have gotten from that because I did give out a lot of Midnight Moth cards that I made for people to check us out and I had a few people tell me that they would definitely check us out so big shout out to the Pikeful Pride community thank you all for you know having me there and uh, listening to me talk about uh, paranormal stuff as well as my unrelated romance novel (laughs) (laughs) the other thing i definitely want to mention any kind of uh you know media that we've been consuming recently because with the halloween and everything that kind of stuff gets a little bit more on the spooky side for us this time of year which i don't know i kind of watch horror movies and things like that like all the time so i guess it's not too different But there's a lot more things, I guess, to check out. Like, I've been watching the Halloween uh, Baking Championship as well as Halloween Wars. And that is a seasonal thing. And I'm always a big fan of those. Those are a lot of fun. I've been watching the Halloween episodes of Nailed It on Netflix. (laughs) Oh, I bet those are fun. I'm actually super into that show and I watch it all the time now. But it's a good show, and the Halloween ones are pretty fun. Um, I also recently watched the Monster High movie, um, the newest one that Paramount made, and oh my god, I loved it. It's so cute. It's such a good little movie. It's not necessarily, like, directly related to Halloween, but, I mean, it's Monster High. Like, it's literally about a high school full of monsters, and... The main character uh, that it follows is a werewolf hybrid, and then her two best friends, one of them is Dracula's daughter, and the other one is a non-binary monster whose name is Frankie Stein. I haven't watched any of the like Monster High shows, but I do love the dolls. I absolutely love the Monster High dolls. They are so cute. I love them. And honestly, with this movie, I don't know about anything else. Like, I've never, I just seen this and thought it looked cool, and I checked it out, and I liked it. But, like, uh, they made the characters look a lot like the dolls. Like, the main... The werewolf character, I don't think they had to do as much as far as, like, painting and stuff like that. But I'm trying to remember her name. I can't think of it. Dracula's daughter, though, and then Frankie, they, like, airbrushed their skin to make them the same color as, like, the dolls and stuff are. They look amazing. I love it. I love that. Also, is it, like, an actual movie movie? Yeah, it's live action. Oh, wow. That's super cool. No, I didn't know that they was doing that. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. It's a it's a musical, but, like, I really enjoy I downloaded the, the soundtrack from it because I liked it so much. Because, of course, you did. <laughs> of course, I did. It's really cute, though. I like it quite a bit. I definitely recommend anybody who's got Paramount to check that out. But I think that's about it. So we can get in, into our episode and... For anybody who hasn't watched it yet, we are issuing a spoiler alert because we are going to talk about the ending of this movie and our overall general thoughts on the film. But the new Hocus Pocus movie, Hocus Pocus Part 2, premiered on Disney Plus September 30th of this year. And a lot of people were highly anticipating it. I saw lots of celebrations and things going on to, um, you know, like premiere parties and things like that. And, um, I was really excited about it, and I will say I was not disappointed. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good for what it was. Um, I was super excited about it. I hate that I did not get to have my premiere party that I wanted to have, but it was still a really fun celebration for me because it came out the day after my birthday. 
Yeah. So it was like happy birthday to me. Right. So it was, I guess it wasn't surprising that this was a straight to streaming release. Um, From what I can gather, it did really well, though. Lots of people watched it uh, on the night that it came out. And then, of course, people have continued to watch it throughout the month. And um, I would say it maybe will become one of those things for me that I may watch it every year going forward. And I think the way that it ended, and I've looked up a little bit of stuff about it. I'm not really, I couldn't find a definite answer, though. I think either they're going to make more movies or they're going to do a TV series based off of it. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I do definitely think that they're getting ready to do something more with it. And I think that's cool, like, to kind of recreate the Hocus Pocus narrative for the current generation. And in my opinion, to uh, correct some of that stuff where, like, I talked about, you know, we talked about in the last episode, not depicting the women as being just, like, evil, terrible people not that overall the sanderson sisters aren't evil because they sort of are but uh at least there's a good explanation for it (laughs) yeah they uh they kind of explain more about the sisters and what kinds of things happen to them and stuff in this movie right so um what what's the plot for this movie all right so the plot for this movie according to wikipedia is three young women accidentally bring back the sanderson sisters to modern day salem and must figure out how to stop them from wreaking havoc on the world that's a very short and simple plot but that is it is that is essentially what happens so (laughs) i mean it's not wrong i don't guess right one of the cool things about this movie they still stuck with the whole thing of like that everybody in Salem is super in the Halloween. I mean like the school that these kids go to is called uh something Skeleton High School, which I think is really interesting. I didn't and, notice that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Johnny Skeleton High School or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. And you know, everybody's still ruined the Halloween and all that. And so you're your main character you've got three girls in this movie who have been best friends for their entire lives and one of them her birthday is on halloween and every year on her birthday they go into the haunted woods and they um do like this little birthday ritual together and then they spend the night like watching scary movies together and you know whatever it's a really nice little like friendship girl power you know sort of thing but of course one of their friends because you need a little bit of conflict in there one of their friends has recently gotten a boyfriend and she has sort of been neglecting her friends because she's been spending time with her boyfriend and anybody who, who who's grown up and been a teenager in the past we've all experienced that whether it was on our end or our friends end. like I know like we've all went through that thing where like you kind of it's hard when you're a teenager to figure out how to balance like a relationship and your friendships and once you start growing up and things like you're looking more a lot of times you're looking more for like the romantic aspect because you're trying to find your life partner and all that kind of thing and also teenage hormones and then all that craziness so it's a relatable storyline I feel like we've all been on both sides of that story, too. Like, we've been the girl getting neglected, and we've been the girl neglecting. (laughs) Right, yeah. Like, it's just a, a, you know, it's just a common thing that happens. Though I will say, it seems like it happens more to people in the female spectrum than it does to people in the male spectrum, because often... Just like in this movie, what tends to happen is the girl wants so badly to spend time with the guy that she's like, okay, I'll abandon my friends and follow you and your friends around and I'll just sit here and do nothing by myself while you and your friends like play video games. You know, like I feel like that. Yeah, that that happens, and that's so sad. I hate that, but that's sort of the, the situation in this movie because the girl that has gotten the boyfriend... She's dating a jockey guy and he's on the football team and everything. And so she has started spending time with him and his friends as opposed to being with her little group. 
Yeah, so uh, to start this movie off, we actually start out with the young Sandersons. Yeah, and you get to see little baby Winnie and Mary and Sarah. And I actually love the girls who played them as children because I think they did such a fantastic job. They really did. They, and they looked, they, they, they cast them really well and probably, you know, the makeup department had a lot to do with it as well. But they definitely just look like little baby versions of Winnie and Mary and Sarah. Like they did so good. Yeah, and all of their little personalities were just like perfect. And, like, Mary even had the little, like, side mouth thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cute. I love that so much. And it's Winnie's birthday, and, like, they're trying to celebrate it with her, you know, like her sisters are. They've made her uh, special treats and stuff for her birthday. And Winnie is mad because she has turned, is it six? I think she's 16 as well, right? Yeah, she's turned 16. Yeah, and so in this time period, that means she's an adult now, and they're trying to make her get married, and she doesn't want to. But anyway, why would she? That's gross. (laughs) Exactly. Who wants to get married? (laughs) They're trying to make her marry somebody, too. Like, it's an arranged thing. Like, she didn't even get a say-so in who it was, and she's not ready to do it. And basically, the town is angry with her because she says no, and that's where the patriarchy comes back into it, because... I really figured it had to be something like that that in the first place that made the witches be the way that they were. But it's just sad because basically they get ran out of town because she doesn't want to marry some random guy. And also that guy is mean to her. He's just like, yeah, you're gross. Yeah, it's, I don't know. But also it's like the 1600s. So, I mean, I guess, wow. Yeah, they're basically trying to run them out because Winnie doesn't want to marry this dude. I will say in the beginning of the movie, and I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, Billy Butcherson is right in the very beginning of this movie. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, him as a teenager. Yeah, so, like, the angry mob or whatever comes to Winnie's house. Basically, they knock on her door, and they're like, are you going to marry Johnny so-and-so? I forgot his name. She's like, No. (laughs) he's like if i marry anyone it's going to be billy butcherson and then billy like little teenage billy steps up and he's like why me right like because we're soulmates i've known ever since we shared that kiss in the graveyard and then he's just like "Ugh, it was one time so i thought that was a fun little throwback already just from the get-go yeah they put they put plenty of little throwbacks throughout the movie, I think. But yeah, then the the sisters they leave town because they're being forced to, and they run into that haunted woods, which I think they call the dark woods. They get there, and uh, then that's where they meet the mother witch. Yeah, so they're out in the middle of the woods, and all of a sudden you hear uh, what's now known as like Sarah's song, but it's the Come Little Children song. So I guess that's where Sarah gets it from. And it only works on Sarah because I guess where she is the youngest one and like Winnie, it doesn't work on at all because she's an adult technically. I guess because she's essentially the only child there. Yeah. The mother witch ends up, you know, like basically indoctrinating them into becoming witches as well and uh, tells them that like that they should cherish each other and cherish their coven and stuff and that she used to have a coven, but they're gone now. And she gives them the book which is book is its name (laughs) Um, yes it's book it's just book i love book and uh she tells winnie never to use this one spell in there and doesn't really explain why but you know you learn why later and then uh essentially this witch turns into like a bird and flies away yeah like that's it that's the whole interaction but i like the little mother witch she had a really like this whole scene for me felt very like alice in wonderland yeah or like maleficent i can see that but i kind of would like more on the children and more on like mother witch and like the whole story with her right that's why i think it would be a good like series like a good tv series i think they could definitely do a lot with that honestly they could do multiple things like they could have a sanderson's tv series and then they could also have a tv series following the new uh witches that they introduce in this movie yeah i would love to like watch something like kind of talking about 
the Sanderson's like when they were younger and like how they kind of got to where they are and things like that. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. After that point, then we come back to like present day because that's the only story. We already have the story of how the Sanderson's died. and We don't really need that again. And um, so we come back to present day and the two main characters, they go to, I don't remember their names. <laughs> Do you have their names? Yes, it was Becca and Izzy. Becca's your main, main character. She's the one that it's her birthday. Okay. So it's Becca's birthday and her and Izzy are, you know, still hanging out because the one of them is apparently throwing some kind of big giant Halloween party at her house while her her dad, who also happens to be the mayor and looks like the priest or whatever who ran the Sandersons out of their little town when they were children, he is going to be gone to this festival all night because he really wants these special candy apples. Yeah. Like, all (laughs) it goes on about the entire movie. Honestly, honestly, like, the mayor is such a, like, sweet little character. Like, you keep expecting him to be, like, awful, but he's not ever. No, no. Like, you think he's going to turn out to be a bad guy, but he's not. He's just... He he's just a genuinely like sweet guy and he just really wants his little caramel apple. Yeah, and that's his whole entire goal in the movie is to get his apple. His his daughter is the one the their friend that doesn't hang out with them anymore because she got Cassie. a boyfriend. Cassie, yes. Um so Cassie is throwing the big Halloween party and Becca and Izzy are still gonna do their regular like witchy ritual that they always do. And so they go to this magic shop beforehand. And at the magic shop, the uh, shop owner is telling the story of the Sandersons because it's Halloween and he reenacts it during Halloween. The guy that played Gilbert, he was like super excited to be in this movie. And he apparently was like fangirling the entire time because uh, he loves Bette Midler so much. (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah, I don't know that I would be able to, like, speak around her. His name is Sam Richardson, um, like his real name. And, and, like, we mentioned this in the previous episode, but um, the guy that played Ice in the original movie part and didn't get it. (laughs) Which, honestly, I feel like is a good thing, because I wouldn't have wanted him in that specific uh, role. I think it would have been weird, especially if anybody remembered him from the first movie. Exactly. Like I really like the I like Sam Richardson as Gilbert. He's he's a good he did a good job in my opinion. Izzy and Becca come into this shop all the time. Specifically Becca, it seems like is the one that's primarily interested in witchcraft, but they all sort of are. He remembers that it's her birthday and he gives her this disgusting, ugly looking candle to use for her ritual and she doesn't even want it and I can't even blame her because that thing looks nasty. Yeah, I don't know what disgusting. Yeah, like, the original one looks so much better. Like, why is that thing shaped like that? <laughs> I think he'd done that just to cover up what it was. Like, he just poured other wax over top of it. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and then he also gives them Angelica herbs for free because those are to break curses. I don't, just, this man is just a trickster, though. They go out there in the woods and they do their little ritual and they accidentally summon the Sanderson sisters with it. Who come out of the earth singing. Which is hilarious. <laughs> it really was. It cracked me up. And like even at one point Becca's like, who are they singing to? And Mary's like, you. <laughs> yeah, so there's a nice little like fourth wall break there. Yeah. Which they do like, a lot of also in this movie. They really do. And like all through the movie, every time they run into somebody who's dressed like uh, the Sandersons or anything like that, Mary's always like, oh, I know I'm your favorite. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I just Mary is still just as iconic. Yes, she is just phenomenal. They did a pretty good job, I think, with how they look and stuff in this movie. Like, the only thing is that 30 years has passed, you know, so clearly... The they've aged. Yeah, like they've aged and you can tell because, you know, they're not actually witches and they weren't actually in hell for the last 30 years. So it, they're supposed to still be the same age that they were when they died in the first movie. And it's very obvious that they're not. 
I feel like Mary and Winnie passed pretty well, but Sarah has aged substantially. And I don't know if she's really aged that bad or if they just did her makeup too elaborately, trying to make her still look like young and hot. Yeah, I don't know. They did something weird with her eyebrows, though. There was just something weird going on with Sarah altogether. Like, Sarah was easily one of my favorite characters in the original movie. I did not like her nearly as much in this movie. Right. She has a very, like, raspy, like, smoker's voice now. <laughs> kind of gross, because she's still, like, boy crazy and stuff. And I'm like, you're 60. What are you doing? Right, yeah. The girls, Becca and Izzy, are trying to trick them, you know. And they're like, oh, we summoned you on purpose. We we love you guys. Like, we're going to take you to this place where you can buy your own uh, potions. Like, they're pre-made. They already have children in them. So, you don't have to eat any children. <laughs> Yeah, basically, they just, like, easily fall for that. They're just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and, like, Sarah's like, oh, you mean we don't have to lure children anymore? I mean, that's basically, like, my only job, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's a little sad about it, I feel like. He's like, well, what do I do now? So they take them to um, a, a, what is it, a Walgreens? A Walgreens, I think. Yeah. And they take them in there and they're just so impressed by everything because the doors open automatically and they're like, oh, wow, like they're so powerful. The doors just open for them and like, you know, whatever. And they go in there and they're like eating lotion and like spraying stuff into their mouths and their eyes and everything because they're like, oh, this is going to make me live forever. One of my favorite things is like in that scene, Mary has like a face mask. Yeah. And she's like, look, it's the face of a newborn. Bots into it. They're so funny. I love that so much. That really cracked me up. That was really, like, quick and smart thinking on Becca and Izzy's part as well. <laughs> yeah, that was really witty. There's a group of girls who are dressed like the Sandersons, and they come in there, and the Sandersons are like, real sus about it and they're like why are these girls dressed like us and izzy and becker just like oh well they love you too they're big fans and then those girls want to take a selfie with them yeah and they act like they don't know what it is and they're like oh what's this contraption and then they all just like pose i did love that i thought that was such a good part and uh they took a selfie together and it's like super filtered and they're yeah. like, and everything. They're like, oh, look at us. We're beautiful. But then they end up seeing themselves in a mirror in there. And it they they don't really look like that. <laughs> yeah, so they figure out that Becca and Izzy have lied to them. And they're really mad about it. And they're, like, wanting to kill them. Yeah. And they escape. And then this is where you get, like, another a new scene of them writing really random cleaning objects because you know in the first movie it was like a vacuum cleaner a mop and like a straw broom and in this one it's like it's still a broom for winnie and sarah gets a swiffer that's blowing bubbles out of it the whole time that she's riding it <laughs> and mary is riding two roombas and she calls them her broomies the entire time I love it so much. She's like, the guy said that they have a mind of their own. And like, it's like they legitimately do because throughout the movie they're doing, they keep making the little weird funny noises that Roombas kind of make. And like, they keep doing just random stuff as if they're like little dogs. (laughs) And they just follow behind her. Like, she's roomies. I love that so much. That really cracked me up. She looks like she's on like rollerblades when they're going through the air. I felt like that was a really nice nod to the first one also. Like yes, a nice new spin. So anyway, like that party is going on. There's like a big festival going on in town. And then um, Cassie's having her big party at her house. Becca and Izzy go to the magic shop to try to get Gilbert to help them. And he basically confesses to them that he did that on purpose. Like that he thought the Sanderson's were not actually evil and that he wanted them to resurrect them so they could like reclaim their name or whatever. Yeah, you find out later that Gilbert was actually there that night when they got killed and it shows like a scene of him standing outside of the graveyard like as a child dressed up like a little wizard. He's like talking about how bullies took all of his candy and stuff. 
and uh yeah i guess it would have i didn't even think about that Oz and jay took all of little gilbert's candy and he shows up outside of that graveyard just in time to watch them poof away pretty well and has been obsessed with them ever since and he just used poor little becca and her friend to resurrect them which is just so like messed up why didn't he i thought I'm that like... part was funny too because izzy's like why didn't you just do it yourself and he's like well i couldn't do it myself and she's like why not and he's and he just kind of looked at her and it's like because you know he's not a virgin <laughs> yeah and then she's just like ew i was just honestly about to be like which i don't know why he couldn't have done it himself and then my brain was like nope never mind you know why anyway so like they're trying to get his help and like the sanderson's show up there because they were following the girls and he is so excited to meet them and stuff but they don't like they don't share that excitement you know because all they're wanting to do is kill children so that they can get the potion so they can live forever and they end up like putting a spell on cassie and becca and trapping them in is it cat is it cassie izzy izzy sorry on izzy and becca and trapping them uh, like in the basement underneath the sanderson house and then they also put a spell on Gilbert and they're like, if you don't collect all of this stuff for us to be able to live eternally, because they're going to do that all powerful spell, even though the book does not want them to. And I think, isn't the book hiding from her at one point And it's like sweating. Yeah. Um, I, also I love book in this movie because he like is literally a character. Yes. I love him so they much. They gave him a personality. I don't know. He deserves an award. He deserves an Emmy for his performance in this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I love Book very much. But yeah, anyway, so they put a curse on Gilbert, too. And they're like, if you don't help us gather all this stuff, you're going to die. So he goes and gets, like, Billy. Like, he digs Billy up. And Billy is like, wait, if you're helping them, I'm not going to help you. And he lies to Billy and tells him that he's trying to do the cur- like a spell to kill the Sandersons once and for all. And that's the only way Billy will uh, agree to help him. But then because of this, though, you get so many amazing scenes with Billy. And I was so happy because Billy's just like running around and talking. And like he goes to the fair and is playing games at the fair. And he's living his best zombie life <laughs> he's having such a good time really is and i'm like again i could use more billy like i could also just watch stuff about billy i feel like if they do do some kind of thing about like the sandersons when they were young and stuff they need to definitely include billy in them i think so too so what really happened there right and oh yeah that was the other thing like billy you know, he tells he tells Gilbert that that whole thing was like a lie about him and Winnie being lovers and whatever. And Gilbert agrees to help clear his name, which he does follow through on. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hated Gilbert through this whole movie until like the end. And then I was like, hey, he's OK. Right. I mean, he was just kind of misguided, you know, like he was dumb. Yeah, like. He was trying to do what he thought was right, like giving the Sandersons a second chance, or I guess a third chance, to show who they really were and like that they weren't really like these evil bad people, but they actually were to some extent evil because of the things that happened to them and they did powerful dark magic. Well, we do find out too that like the Sanderson's magic works on modern technology because (laughs) Becca attempts to call Cassie to get them help, you know, because they can't get out of that basement due to the spell and her phone won't even work. Like it doesn't go through. So like, that's kind of made you feel sorry for Cassie in that moment because Cassie like got real excited. Yeah. She's like, Oh, Hey, are you guys coming? Are you having fun? You know, whatever. And then she's like, oh, it's just a butt doll. Right. And yeah, that was really sad. So you're kind of getting the the picture that Cassie didn't willingly abandon her friends, you know. I don't and think she meant it that way. Right. It's just one of those things where finding that balance can be hard. And then when your friends don't get along with the person that you're dating, it makes it even harder. And like her boyfriend 
is kind of a jerk, but he doesn't really mean to be. He's an idiot. <laughs> so, like, he's always calling Becca and, and well, Becca specifically, like, weird and stuff like that. And uh, seems kind of, like, freaked out by her because she does witchcraft. And, like, in turn, that makes Becca not like him because she feels like he's mean. But he really doesn't understand that he's being mean. He just doesn't understand, like, social cues and stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, there's that scene where he's just like, oh, was that being a bully? I have so many people to apologize to. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of, you're like, okay, well, I guess he's not bad either. Like, there's not really a lot of bad guys in this movie overall. No, I feel like this movie was extremely, like, kid-friendly, family-friendly. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Which I like that, you know, I think that's cool because most of the time, not everything is like black and white, you know, like, and there's typically reasons that things happen and people respond the way they do or act the way they do about different things. And it's just kind of nice, like, to see a different narrative of like the uh, jockey kid doesn't always have to be like a bad guy. And and in this movie, the jockey kid legitimately was just kind of dumb. And didn't know better than what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there's a scene, too, where, like, the Sandersons are chasing him. And they're like, how lucky are we that we stumbled upon the village idiot? Right. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, like, they straight up call him out for being an idiot. Yeah. So, what ends up, you know, happening is Becca kind of realizes her power in this moment and her and Izzy do a spell that breaks that curse because they have those Angelica leaves on them from Gilbert and they're able to get out of the basement and she makes the decision in order to try to honestly to try to help Cassie she rats Cassie out to her dad for having that party and her dad, you know, comes home to shut everything down. But she's really just trying to protect everybody and, like, keep people safe from the Sandersons. Yeah, like, she has to tell on Cassie. But, like, also, her dad is more mad that he didn't get his candy apple. Uh, absolutely. The poor guy. He was almost there. And also, at this fair, there is a couple that's dressed up like the the Satan and the uh, Satan's wife from the first movie. <laughs> Oh, I didn't notice that either. That's a cool little Easter egg. Yeah, they're like sitting on a bench there next to that candy apple stand. I mean, you know, overall, this movie is just, it is a lot to do with like the power of friendship and like understanding people's differences and all of that kind of thing. There's a lot of, uh, there's more witchy action in this movie than there is in the first one. You get a lot more screen time with Mary. You get a lot more screen time with Billy. Overall, I think they did good with it. And my biggest complaint, though, about the whole thing is the amount of, like, throwbacks and stuff to the first movie. Because some of them are forced. Because there's that scene, there's a scene that happens when the Sandersons are trying to track down Becca and Izzy where they do a music spell again. But they sing a song that isn't. In the first movie, when they do the song, that song is being performed already. And so you can you can kind of believe it because it's like, well, Winnie heard the song and that's how she she quickly picked up on the lyrics. Right. And then like she did it, her her she like put her own lyrics in it and whatever. In this movie, just out of nowhere, when they go to like this Halloween festival thing and like our part in the Sanderson sister lookalike contest or whatever, they perform the song. um one way or another and nobody was performing that song how do they know that song <laughs> yeah it's like they just automatically know that song um, i will say that i did love that scene too because all of the people who were or well not all of them but there was a group of the sanderson impersonators that was just drag queens and i love that Oh my god, yes. I love that too. I love any time that they can put a drag queen in a movie or whatever, because I love drag queens. <laughs> Winnie walks up to one of them and she's like, lose the teeth. And uh, Mary is just absolutely hilarious in this movie. She like went above and beyond. And the reason for that actually is because they gave Kathy Nishimi like a lot of, uh, they gave her tons of creative freedom in this movie and they let her do a lot of improv. 
And uh, so most of her lines, I actually like her little quips and her jokes and stuff were all improvisations. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love her so much. So there's also like a part in that scene where she walks up to, I think, one of the drag queens and she's like, oh, do I look like that? We're foxy. Yeah. Whenever the townspeople are leading the Sandersons to, you know, where Becca and Izzy are at, which happens to be at Cassie's house by this point, because they've came to try to like warn her and and help her and all that stuff. The people are going extremely slow, like because they're dancing down the street and the Sandersons are just getting frustrated with them because they're going so slow. You know, the girls know stuff about witchcraft because they practice it. And they end up, once the Sandersons find them, they trap them in a salt ring in the garage. Those Roombas end up eating the salt ring. <laughs> yeah, those Roombas, like, play a big part in this movie, too. Like, they're in the movie, like, a lot. Well, the Broomies, that's so funny. I the love Broomies, it so yeah. Yeah, I just love it so much, because, like, you see the Roombas coming up the sidewalk and they're going nee, 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 nee. yeah and uh like they're at that fair and stuff and mary's like oh my broomies and they're just like over there eating popcorn off the ground they end up finally making it back to the sandersons and they release them from like the salt ring but by that point cassie becca and izzy have already like ran off and are trying to figure out what to do to you know to send the Sandersons back to where they came from. Gilbert and Billy are still out together doing their stuff. I think that's when you see uh, Billy at the fair and he's playing one of those games, like throwing baseballs at those bottles. (laughs) Yeah, and he's just like killing it. Just living his best undead life. I, I mean, I can't think of another key point in this movie. I'm like legitimately about to talk about the ending of this movie. Do you have anything before I do that? I don't think so. Um, it Honestly, most of it was just like, I feel like the majority of it was just like throwbacks to the first movie and kind of making it clear that like everybody knew who the Sanderson sisters were and things like that. Like it's just kind of, kind of like a rehash for the most part. Right. Well, and originally they talked about doing a remake of the movie instead of a sequel, but I'm- I would not have liked that. No, I'm glad they went with a sequel instead. I just think that there was a few elements they could have made like a little bit differently with it and made it a little bit better, you know? The girls, they don't have, they had the book for a little bit. They don't have the book anymore. The Sandersons have found the book. They're coming to the forest. The Sandersons want to perform that powerful spell that the Mother Witch told them never to perform. The one that the book doesn't even want them to perform. And you kind of get this face-off between them and Becca and her friends because they are also starting to become magic as well. And like, I don't even think we mentioned this, but Winnie can shoot magic beams of like electricity out of her fingers and stuff because she's so powerful and... Becca also ends up being able to do that as well. Yeah, there's almost like a uh, Star Wars-esque showdown here. (laughs) Yeah, like them shooting, like, lightning beams and stuff at each other. And Yeah. yeah. You know, Winnie performs that big spell. And for, like, a few minutes, the other two, Mary and Sarah, are both able to also, like, do the same level of magic as her. Like, they're also able to shoot laser beams and things out of their fingers as well. And they've never been able to do that before. And they're, like, just real excited about it. Like, Mary's just like, <laughs> Yeah, pew, pew, pew. Like, they're just shooting everything. Right. But then they start to fade away and disappear and turn into, like, um, basically like a floating glitter sort of thing and Winnie is like what is you know like what's happening and it's because the way that that spell works is that it only will work on one person to turn them into the most powerful witch and it causes them to absorb the energy from any other witches that were like in their coven or whatever and that's why the book didn't want her to perform it. And that's also why the Mother Witch was alone at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because it made her all powerful, but it took away the things that were most important to her. Right. This is the part where 
like you know i was saying in that first movie when he calls uh max a fool because he was willing to give up his own life for his sister but then she also makes that decision as well like to give up her life that way yeah it's a very heartfelt moment and it wasn't something i expected out of this movie but i was like good with it happening it, yeah. it almost made me cry. It was like, it's very sad because she's like talking about how she's nothing without her sisters and how she doesn't even want to be there if they can't be there with her. And Oh no, it really did like, it got to me. It made me cry. Like I'm not even going to like pretend it did. I don't know. I like that humanization of those characters and stuff too. Like that they're deeper than just uh, old hags that eat children, you know? Yeah. She makes that ultimate decision and they all fade away, finally able to go into the afterlife and, you know, rest peacefully. And Billy comes up to them as well. And, you know, he's planning to just crawl back into his cemetery grave like he did before. But he also starts to disappear and he's like, oh, well, okay, I guess it's time for me to go too. And that broke my heart, though, because I was like, not Billy. (laughs) I was hoping we'd get to see more of Billy, like if they are doing something else. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll find a way to do some stuff with them too. But so, yeah, that's basically, you know, the Sandersons and and Billy and everything. They get to finally go into the afterlife and Becca makes up with Gilbert and tells him she understands what happened. And Gilbert starts to spread the word about how Billy was not actually Winnie's lover, which is really cool. And the girls all make up and are, they realize that there's power in friendship and that they should love and care for each other and try to be more understanding about them having interests outside of just their friendship. Yeah, it was a very, like, heartfelt little movie. It was very cute. It really was. I liked it quite a bit. I guess, like, on the rating scale, I would probably give this movie, like, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, it's not, definitely not a five. Um, it's weak in a lot of parts where they did do so much mimicking and callbacks to that first movie. But I think the characters are very strong and I liked that continuation of the Sanderson sisters and like learning their their origin story a little bit. I'll also give it a solid four. It's definitely not better than the first one for me, but I feel like it's kind of on par just in a different way. I feel that, yeah. It, uh, it just had a totally different vibe than the first one did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just set up a lot different and much more, I mean, really much more family-friendly overall um, and a lot, lot more focused on the friendship aspect of things. There was not really so much a love story kind of situation going on. And it was more about, like, clearing the name of the Sanderson sisters and not having them be just, like, evil beings. And I thought that... I thought that was cool, but it definitely, it's not as, it's not the same as the first one. No, it's definitely a lot different. Uh, Now, what we're talking about with the sequels or the series or whatever, at the very end of this movie, after you watch the end credits, uh, there is another scene and it shows Gilbert's shelf in the magic shop and there is a box that says black flame candle number two right and then it goes off so a hundred percent they are setting this up for another sequel or some kind of tv series exactly and um bet midler already said she would definitely come back for more if they can find a way to do it so i guess you know we would at least have her back for it i i couldn't imagine that especially kathy najimi wouldn't want to do it no, I don't know about uh, Sarah, though. I don't really know how they would bring them back again after this time, after what happened. Yeah. Or like I don't really why. know how they could. Yeah, or why they would. Uh, what they're going to do is they were setting it up for these three girls to be like a new coven of witches. And it's going to be like a show about them. That's what I think as well. Like, I think it's going to, like, they were do like, creating the next generation. And I think that would be really cool. And and also, though, something they could do, because the Sandersons are in the afterlife, right? So, like, 
maybe they could do a thing where sometimes like they need guidance on something so they conjure one of them to ask them about a spell or something that would like be that. funny if they just like randomly show up yeah like they conjure them up from a ouija board or a crystal ball or you know like whatever it is and it's just like to be like hey um it looks like you wrote this spell and I need to know how to do it. Like <laughs> That'd be really funny. And that would be an easy thing for them to like stay in it without having to be like physically there because they could definitely like just film little cameos to be like a face in a crystal or something like that. Yes, exactly. It would be like um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the sitcom, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> something like that. I would love that. I definitely would watch it. Yeah, I think that would be cute. That's a good idea. So I hope they're doing something like that with it. I'm going to say overall, the things I liked about this movie was the, just all the feminism and the power, the friendship uh, messages about friendship and all of that kind of thing. And then, like I said, the things that didn't work for me in this movie was all of the replication of the first film. Like it could have stood better on its own had they not, done that so much yeah i felt like because honestly they've probably done that mostly because the only reason they made this movie in the first place was for the nostalgia factor yeah so they were just playing into that really ultra hard plus it's been like it's literally been 30 years right but you'd think we would have learned our lesson from uh star wars you know because that was one of the big problems with that new star that like when they what was it star wars 9 i guess they did all of those throwback things in it and the critics like hated it and i just feel like disney knows better (laughs) yeah i think they went a little too heavy-handed on that for sure they went way too hard i did like the throwback thing that they did with the like brooms and stuff i thought that was hilarious i did love that because that was one of my favorite scenes from the first movie yeah now that i I like that too but like the one where like they're riding by on the broom they like look in those people's apartment and see that they're watching the original hocus pocus yeah and stuff like that i feel like that was too much i was a little overdone I agree with that. And I'm like, how, how, how does that movie exist in this universe if the Sanderson lore is supposed to just be real in this universe? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just felt like that was a little too much. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, guys. Well, I guess that about wraps up this episode. If uh, you want to let us know your thoughts on uh, the Hocus Pocus sequel, Um, please feel free to do that I would love to know um, you know how you felt about it if it was something you loved if you hated it if you thought they did a good job a bad job whatever also this is our final episode for Halloween month and um, Monday is Halloween we've really enjoyed celebrating this month with you guys this is our very first Halloween as the Midnight Moth I hope that our celebrations just get bigger and better for you guys as the years go on. But I think we did a pretty good job for this first one. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun uh, recording all these episodes for you guys. Uh, We've went pretty hard this month. And uh, I hope that you guys had fun and you enjoyed it. And I hope you guys have a really fun and safe Halloween this weekend. Yeah, um, so, like, the day that this episode's coming out, or, you know, whatever, that that Friday, my band Pumpkin Guts is playing our first big show at the Pikeville Park, and it is a Halloween show, and I'm really looking forward to that. If you all find yourself in the area, please feel free to stop by and check it out. Um, There's two other bands who are playing with us, Falls Rotten and Basement Days will also be there. We're doing a costume contest. Molly is going to be there hosting said costume contest and uh, we'd really love it if uh, any of you are around and can stop by. Um, This is October 28th by the way just in case someone's listening to this late don't come to the park if it's after October 28th. (laughs) (laughs) We will not be there. Um, And then also me and Molly and our partners are going to um, the big Renfield's Jason's Halloween show in Morgantown the day after this as well. 
Yeah, so if any of you guys are in that area that day, feel free to stop by and say hi to us or hang out. We'd love to see all of our little mothlings. Yes, and also that show is always a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, so for a good time and some good music, definitely come by for that. Um, If you're in Morgantown, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. (laughs) So we've got all kinds of uh, Halloween things that we're doing to celebrate. And um, we hope that you guys are having just as much fun this weekend. And like Molly said, staying safe out there. Um, We'd love to see pictures of your all's costumes hear about your stories about whatever you are doing or have done to celebrate Halloween. If you would like to send us any of that stuff, please feel free to do so at the midnight moth podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and you can message us on there. um, And that both of those are at the midnight moth podcast. And you can find Molly over on her Instagram account. Yeah, you guys can find me at TMM underscore co-ghost. And as always, I love to hear from you guys. I love to get your messages. I'm kind of half and half active on there. Um, I am always online, though, so I will reply to you as soon as I see it. Halloween may be ending, but we are still going to be right back here next week with a brand new episode. And in November, we are going into the darkness. So lots of dark-themed episodes And uh, if that sounds confusing, I'm sorry, but I'll just tell you the first episode is about the phobia of the dark. So legitimately, we're talking about the dark. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about the darkness. (laughs) What's creeping there. Yes, exactly. So uh, we hope to see you all there. um, And uh, yeah, we're going to keep bringing these episodes to you. And We got plenty of stuff still planned for the next couple of months, so we're not going anywhere, friends. (laughs) We thank you all so much. We appreciate you for listening, checking us out. Please give us a rating, a review, wherever you're listening. Share us with anybody in your life that you think would like us. And um, happy Halloween to everybody out there. And we will see you next week. So until then. We'll keep the lantern burning for you.